0: you're in the right place. Hello, hello, dear mover and shaker. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dana. I am so glad that you are here because this month on the pod, we are digging into mastery. Like the mastery of your craft. And um I talked a little bit last week about how mastery is so special because it's hard to define, but really easy to spot. And this week's guest, by my standard, is certainly a master, a master of her body, a master of making movement make sense. She is a master mom these days, and she is also a master businesswoman, she is in the process of opening multiple locations for Moti Physiotherapy, which she co-founded with her husband. She is the founder of Sugarfoot Therapy. She is a choreographer. She is a dancer. She is a dear friend of mine. And I cannot wait to introduce you to Katie Shar. But first, of course, we're going to do some wins. Today, I am celebrating the successful Receival Receipt, recipient of one of the props that I will be using for eight counts, the Words That Move Me. If you have not heard of this project, it is the first ever film production brought to you by Words That Move Me. Um, I am making this film in collaboration with the members of the Words That Move Me community. Go ahead and visit wordsthatmoveme.com. If you're curious about becoming a member of the Words That Move Me community, um, the, the the Words That Move Me community, aka Whittemcom, is a group of people who are passionate about navigating their career with clarity and confidence. I offer career coaching, um, daily creative prompts, monthly playlists. It really the list goes on. Please go check out the website, um, and also be on the lookout for some news about an in-person screening because eight counts the words that movie will have a live screening on the big big screen in june actually june 16th so mark your calendars be on the lookout on the social media um because i'm stoked about the film but i'm even more stoked about this prop that i received in the mail i um, not going to tell you what it is because i don't want to give it away any spoilers but Y'all, supply chain shortage is real. I was not sure that I would get this prop by the time we shoot, which is just a few days from now. Um, So, man, oh, man, glad about that, celebrating that. Um, Also, I want to go ahead and put this out there into the world. It's a tough time out there. There's a lot going on, big world news. I know that it's very easy to feel heavy when you think about the current event news in our world. So I'm encouraging you to think about something that feels light. For me, the receiving, the receive, honestly, I don't know what to say about that. Having received a prop in the mail feels like a really big win for me. I'm gonna celebrate it through and through and now I'll throw it to you. Tell me about what is going well in your world, what is light, what is easy, what is good. Hit me. My friend, congratulations! I'm thrilled for you. Keep it up, please. Keep winning. All right, now let us let us win together. Let us start feeling very strong. Let us get inspired about cross training, about physical therapy, about rehab, about prehab, about all of it. I cannot wait any longer to introduce you to Katie Shar. So here you have it. Enjoy this conversation with the one and only. Katie Shar. Katie (laughs) Shar. welcome to the
1: podcast. What is up? Hey, I am so happy to be here. Thank you. I'm a big fan of you and what you do. Just make the world a better place. Mm. Likewise, (laughs)
0: likewise. Um, I would consider you a movement master. Would you consider yourself a movement master? Is that, is, is, how do you feel about that title? <laughs>
1: well, it's, it's, that's tough for my ego uh, to yeah. comprehend the term master. I'm most definitely a movement enthusiast. And I think at this phase in my, well, throughout my life and careers, uh, I mm-hmm. think I have been surrounded by movement masters. Mm. Um, and I have had the great privilege of harnessing their mastery <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. do you think perhaps being surrounded by people that you consider masters might have something to do with you uh shying away from claiming owning owning that title for yourself?
1: <laughs> most definitely, oh yeah, oh totally. <laughs> yes, yeah. welcome
0: yeah. to my world <laughs> um. Okay, let's let's focus on this careers thing. So you've done the TV shows, the So You Think You Can Dances, the Dancing with the Stars, the award shows of all the types. You've toured. You've performed at the Super Bowl, correct?
1: I was the associate choreographer for the Katy Perry Super Bowl halftime show. You better get it.
0: <laughs> um, so you understand big scale, but you also understand fine work and delicate work. You've worked with Tom Cruise, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Julianne Huff, Alec Baldwin, Russell Brand, Annie Lennox, Katie Holmes, Paula Abdul, David freaking Hasselhoff. I want to know everything. And Cher. But I'm going to stop at share, even though the list goes on, because I think share is like the, the Sherry cherry on top. <laughs> um, but you're also a mom and you're also a person who's opening multiple locations of your business. So I'd say you're a competent businesswoman at the very least. I'm going to let you take the floor now. Tell us uh, all about those things or not about those things, but tell us anything you want us to know about you.
1: Mm. Well, yes, I am a mother and wife. I think those, Mm. uh, take the forefront, um, especially at my current phase. I can see that shifting as my kids get older, but, um, Yeah, I'll probably always put them first. Um, And I'm a dancer and somebody who just loves to move my body. Um, (laughs) My dance career played out in a way I never could have predicted. Um, Most of my opportunities came via the assistant associate choreographer route, and even most of my performance opportunities came through those relationships, which was really cool. Um, And then when I met my husband, Nick, he was attending USC to get his doctorate in physical therapy. Uh, And that introduced me to that world and Hmm. all the brilliant people over there and Mm -hmm. now i'm an entrepreneur and business owner um so i've been i've been doing all this for a while now and um the physical therapy business owner hat is Mm -hmm. certainly the newest but it is the most predominant work hat now and I love it and I feel like I have my greatest sense of purpose ever. Wow.
0: Um, but are you finding that that this current hat you're wearing, the entrepreneur, the business person, um, is that your, it's, you said it's your most commonly worn hat. Is it also your favorite hat? Mm. <laughs> or is there a favorite hat? Well, mom
1: is my favorite hat. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. I can you know, imagine. But, but um, <laughs> yeah, it might be, you know, it's still it's still new. I mean, listen, I'm not going to pretend to be a, a business expert. Our We opened our first Moti location almost five years ago. So it's not like I'm not a master of business. I'm still learning a lot, but man, I love it. And I feel at with. With Modi and Sugarfoot Therapy, um, I think it's the first time I felt that I truly had something completely unique to offer the world. And it was like, it's been like this huge calling of like, I have to do this. If I don't do this, nobody else is going to do it. I have to. And, um, you know, I think throughout my dance career, I was never... It never felt innate to me um, to self promote to mm. a great fault. Um, that was always uncomfortable for me. Um, but gosh, as soon as we had the idea for Sugarfoot Therapy, I was making cold calls to Dance Magazine. I was like, I have to shout this from the rooftops. We're going to help people. And um, God, that feels good.
0: Yeah. Ooh. You are speaking to my core, my lady, is <laughs> speaking right to it. Um, okay. I want to talk a little bit about the difference between Moti and Sugarfoot and the difference between Sugarfoot and physical therapy, period. Yeah. But before we do that, I want to, we are here to talk about mastery today and we're kind of dancing around it. I think one of the things you just mentioned, like I'm still learning, to me, that's one of the defining qualities of a master. Um what does mastery mean to you? To you, what are the defining qualities of a master?
1: Well, yeah, I think thinking about mastery as a verb more than mm-hmm. master the mm-hmm. definitive noun is important. Um because, you know, expertise is ever evolving. Um, and it's really clear in something like medical practice and physical therapy, where there's constantly new research coming out and new modalities coming out. And so it has to evolve and it has to change. Um, and so, yeah, you can, you can do, you can apply that to anything. Um, it mastery is the, I, I guess the pursuit of excellence, um, you know, and, and having the the humility throughout it all to just enjoy the process and know that it's never coming to a definitive end. And I think that was kind of like this big lesson for me to learn coming from 18 years of being a dancer and choreographer mm-hmm. and like you're a freelancer and it's gig to gig. And there was always like mm-hmm. a button on the end of each project right cuz then it's done and then you're looking mm-hmm. for the next job and now I'm a business owner and I have this huge team of people and there's no end hopefully so your work no is end. never done <laughs> right right we don't want it to end uh, but it's it's ongoing um and so it is just this living breathing thing and It's just going to keep going on and on and we're going to keep figuring it out as we go. Um, And certainly mastering your own body and your own movement is that way. I mean, how much does your body change throughout your life? Jeez.
0: I mean, throughout the last three days (laughs) because I took two airplanes and ate a very salty meal. (laughs) My body is, oh, and I'm, it's, I'm, very attuned to its micro shifts. Mm-hmm. I think dancers are in general, but um oh man, I'm so so lucky to have you from the from even what you've shared already, I can tell that you are not just very very good at making movement make sense, but you're very good at helping the process of improving make sense. Did that, did that make sense? You're very good at making the process of improving and growth makes sense. And you make it seem uh, fun. And I know that's not always the case, especially in the midst of injury. Um, I think some like when you're injured, progress can feel so slow and so small. Um, so maybe that's a good segue to, to talk a little bit about Moti. What is Moti? How is it different than your average gym? And how is what you do different than your average physical
1: therapy? Yes. So, MOTI stands for Movement Therapy Institute. It is our brick and mortar physical therapy facility. We opened our first location. And when I say we, I mean me and my husband, Nick, who is also my business partner. He is and, a. Which is like a podcast unto itself, probably. <laughs> he is <a laughs> working licensed with the partner, doctor of physical therapy. Um, So we opened the first location in Los Feliz in 2017, um, and it was (laughs) a risky. You got some prime real estate there. It's a beautiful spot. I've been several times. Um, We wanted to. I think our motive was, um, you know, it's like I guess why anyone starts a business. You you believe you can do it better. Um, And we believed we could provide a better patient experience, but we also hoped we could create um, a great job experience and different career path for physical therapists. Um, So physical therapists are kind of like the backup dancers of the medical industry, Um, kind of like unsung heroes. I Um, can see that that analogy. The orthopedic surgeon is like the star, Um, but then like the PT who does the six months of rehab and like emotional and physical therapy with the patient after is like super important. Anyhow, I'm going off on tangents.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) I'm just like – I wish everyone could see how heavily and extremely I'm nodding my head in agreement – not to not to s- steal the floor, but I just um, – I recently got back from Colorado. I was helping my mom, who just turned 70, recover from back surgery. Mm. And I spoke to three or four medical professionals, from nurses to the surgeon himself. But let me tell you what. It was our physical therapist – shout out Lucy. Hey, girl, hey um, – who really helped things make sense for my mom and was – intuitive about where she was at emotionally and physically, what she could take on, what, where we needed to pause. I just, I felt like I was in the hands of a master. I was like, oh my gosh, you know what you're doing. You so know what you're doing. And it was great. And she was there and it was great. Okay, that's carry awesome. on. I love that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's backing up what you just said, which is like, those are the people rolling up their sleeves, doing hands-on work day after day after day after day not just you know doing what's on paper doing what's on the schedule but checking the pulse reading the room feeling it out and there's so much creativity intrinsic in that and then also the technical skill
1: involved is is beyond me but i'm sorry go ahead no thanks for sharing that um so we opened modi about five years ago yeah and it was a huge risk for us um Thankfully, (laughs) things ramped up quickly in those first couple of years. And we actually opened our second location in 2019, right before COVID started. Um, Mm, That's fun. Very thankful that we survived, the business survived that. um, And Mm. very excited to say that we are opening two additional locations this year. So hopefully by the end of 2022, there'll be four Modi locations. So Modi is a brick and mortar licensed medical office. You, um, you know, we see all types of people there um, from eight-year-olds to 90-year-olds, literally, um, for everything from some mild low back pain to I just had bilateral hip replacements. And uh, we've got experts, specialists in pelvic floor, postpartum recovery. We've got sports specialists. We have dance specialists, of course. So it's a very broad spectrum of who our patients are at Modi. Um, mm-hmm. and But that's where you're going for hands-on treatment um, to recover from injury or just to get expert guidance in pursuit of a physical goal. You know, so we have... Mm-hmm. We might have a dancer who's coming you know because they're trying to get their extensions higher but they've had this kind of like hip discomfort and they don't know what that is and so then physical therapists are they are literally like the APTA the American Physical Therapy Association like calls them movement experts so like they really are like movement masters um, wow. I it, love this. It's it's so cool and it's I am like a kid in a candy shop being in our clinics because it's so personalized and every single patient come who comes in is living in a different body. Um, is coming mm-hmm. from a different place of activity, is working towards a different goal. So the programming the therapist puts together for them is always so different and it's so fascinating. Um, so i am just so proud of what they do and it's really inspiring to watch patients just put in the work because physical therapy is a process Uh, it's a very holistic intervention you know it's you're not taking drugs you're not getting shots um it's holistic you're moving your body to heal your body um but As with most things, um, it's not usually a quick fix. And quick fixes mm-hmm. usually are too good to be true. So um, would mm-hmm. say it's a process and there's a real relationship of trust between the patient and the therapist. And it can, it can really depend on the injury. Sometimes it only takes a few sessions. Sometimes it takes months of sessions to, mm-hmm. for the patient to reach their goal. But, man, it's so cool to see people come out on the other side of it. Yeah,
0: I've personally, I've had only a few, you know, career injury moments where I felt like I could not do what was being asked of mm-hmm. me because of an ailment. And one of them happened uh, while we rehearsing. while we were rehearsing for JT's Man of the Woods tour. I was swinging the show and um, we were rehearsing in less than ideal, like not on sprung floors. We're rehearsing on the concourse level of the Izod Arena, and it's like concrete, and we're there for eight hours a day, and I developed this knee thing, we'll call it, before I knew that it was patellar tendonitis. It was a knee thing, but it could have been anything. I've had friends that have torn their ACL, meniscus, both of them, uh, front side, back side, all the... Possible things, and that's even before I did the WebMD search of like what's wrong with me. The overwhelm alone of like what is this pain is enough to really tense you up and put blocks in front of yourself mentally, can keep you from finding the solution. So, another, in addition to like the physical exercising that is working at Moti, I think having a specialist. Who can demystify? Get rid of this confusion. Get rid of that confusion. Get rid of that fear. thing that yeah. you, fear. All of that fear is like such a hidden bonus that I think most people don't come to find unless they've been able to have the privilege to work with someone one-on-one. Yeah, no, so, so w- wanted to to insert that. But after I figured out, thanks to an awesome doc in New York City where I was at the time who did a little ultrasound, did the little MRI. We did all the things. She was like, you have some inflammation. (laughs) It is normal. You need to start using your glutes and stop using your quads. You need to be rolling out. You need to be like, it was really awesome. She didn't give me, you know, could have, but told me it was risky. Didn't give me the steroid injection. Didn't give me the heavy duty anti-inflammatories. She was like, Stop eating inflammatory foods, stop drinking, and do your PT. She hooked me, hooked me up with a PT in New York, um, whose name I'm forgetting because I was only there for a short time, and it was awesome. I remember feeling like, and you might have had this feeling too because we both have, I think dance for both of us came first, like before any sort of cross-training, but I remember the first time I took a Pilates class on a reformer, and I was like, how have I been able to dance until this moment like without this knowledge <laughs> how was i able to be doing what i did before i had that same moment with my physical therapist finding this this tiny little place that was getting no love from me whatsoever and then i had this toolkit i had these five or six different exercises that could wake that up and i'm i'm most days i'm totally pain free in terms of knees, um, if I have like a, a shoot or a rehearsal day where I have to be wearing sticky shoes or things with friction, it can, like, my knees can be hurting. But for the most part, that training and the awareness that came with it helped me out of do pain. If you go Phenomenal. back to
1: your little home exercise program, oh my, do you still use it
0: day, daily. Yeah especially if I have to be dancing. So I have a Peloton. I love my Peloton. I use it almost every day. And before I ride, I do either exercises that my PT gave me or kid you not, I do sugarfoot exercises. Some of my favorite ones involve that big, big, the big ball, the yoga ball, um, laying on my back and doing like a, a dead bug position, holding the ball and rolling yeah. from side to side. <laughs> um, And then the one with my foot on the ball where I do lunges, that's another favorite. I'll ask you to explain some of those in a second. But um, I guess this is just a long-winded way for me to say, if you have not already, you, the listener, if you have not already done some sort of cross-training in a a prehab type of way, if you are fortunate enough to have not been injured and be introduced to physical therapy as rehab, I really, really super-duper encourage it because... I thought I knew my body because dance class but dance class I think it's wild like we don't do exercises to warm up for dance most of the time we dance to warm up for
1: dance um like sports medicine is this huge field and industry and it's been around Mm -hmm. for a long time and like dance Mm -hmm. because it's an art and
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: this um, resistance to consider it as athletics um, has is just way behind in embracing the science from the sports medicine field um, and that's shifting you know there's a lot of awesome, dance background practitioners out there and especially with social media and more and more people are getting the word out and it's awesome. But, Mm -hmm. you know, still for, for the most part, um, in dance, we, we typically train and teach the way we were trained and taught, you know, and it's this, Mm -hmm. um, it's this cycle of kind of carrying forward what you knew. Um, And so, yes, dance is like the only sport where we train for our our sport by doing our sport. It's like if a baseball pitcher just only threw the ball over and over. It's like, well, yeah, no, like he would hurt his shoulder. (laughs) Of course he would get injured. (laughs) Um, So, yes, this idea of um, strength training first to facilitate the dance technique is... Is something that you know our world is coming around to, but it's definitely a process and figuring out how and when to fit it into our already very busy lives and schedules. Um, mm-hmm. So back to is yeah, is that what you would say? Well, go ahead, back go ahead. to differentiating Modi from sugarfoot yes. therapy. Uh, sugarfoot therapy was actually born pre-Modi um so my husband Nick was uh practicing at another clinic that we did not own in LA and I was in the (laughs) thick of my dance career and whenever somebody would get hurt in rehearsal I'm like oh well you know we gotta call let me call my boyfriend Nick or my husband Nick and you know see if he knows what you should do and so after years of that he kind of became this go-to guy for dancers when they got hurt and Mm. he's not a dancer um, but he is a great sports physical therapist and any great sports physical therapist will take the person in front of them will analyze how their body is moving and the symptoms they're experiencing and also look at what they want to be able to do, right? So he starts working with all these dancers and they're they're getting better. And I can toot the horn here because it wasn't me before, it was him. <laughs> you know, every single time they're finishing the rehab process and they're like, whoa! why didn't anybody tell me to do this before? I feel amazing. I feel even better than I did before my injury. I feel like I can dance better. Um, and he's like, well, yeah, because you've never strength trained in your life and you're trying to ask your body to do ridiculously athletic things. (laughs) And so, you know, after, after a few years of that, and why didn't anybody tell me to do this? We're like, gosh, yeah. You're like, maybe I we should we like, create here. a resource <laughs> of some kind. And um, mm-hmm. literally like Googled like strength and conditioning programs for dancers, uh, dance injury prevention programs. And at the time, like we were getting nothing except for like some dollar right, you, you found a void. So we're like, okay, let's let's just put this on a website and basically took home exercise programs like what your physical therapist gave you. And we were taking a lot of the programming that Nick was doing with his dancer patients and creating just little uh, instructional videos and programs um, and making it accessible. Uh, And so that we did that before we started Modi and um, now we do like teacher trainings and um we have the online library and we have classes on cli studios and we've been able to uh present at a lot of conventions and conferences in the dance world and in the physical therapy world um and this is cool because a few years after we had started sugarfoot um Dance Magazine called Us.
0: <laughs> that's how you know you've interview done it. When your cold calls turn into, <laughs> turn into yeah. speed dial. Um, so that was oh, valid. So, cool. so they did a... and th- th- Did they call you to do a feature? Uh, they they the ask?
1: called um, to interview Nick about a piece on the risks of overstretching and hyper flexibility. let talk about it. Um, yeah. Oh my God. So anyhow, that's what sugar foot therapy is not a program to treat an injury. You know, that should definitely be uh, overseen and directed by a licensed professional. Um, mm-hmm. But it's for that maintenance and, you know, mm-hmm. and not just maintenance, but physical improvement when you are not injured. Mm-hmm. That physical mm-hmm. mastery, if you will. Let's go. It is, it's
0: that. It's like uh, the way that I think of mastery, one of the first essential like baseline components of a master is someone who has received and continues to seek exceptional training. I think training must be a part. I don't think there are, like, natural-born masters. I think mastery implies work, training, and um, practice, like having a practice. And so I think um, something like Sugarfoot, in addition to the practice of taking dance class, learning choreography, learning how to perform, learning how to dance on camera, those are important for people pursuing professional careers. But having a vocabulary with words, but also having a vocabulary with your body to do the big stuff that we're asking of it. And this is where this is kind of, for me, the way that my brain has made this make sense, what you're saying is like physical therapy and what physical therapists do. And even for me, Pilates was like target the thing that either is broken or wrong or needs improvement in order for you to accomplish your goal. It's like that's it's minutia. It's like one inch of a difference here. It's a small tilt of this here. It's a make this tiny thing work better. But the way I think of Sugarfoot is like big. It's like big picture. Can you jump off of one leg? <laughs> Can you balance the right side of your body doing one thing and your left side of your body doing another thing? It seems to me, I'm, and I'm sure you do minute work and you do focused training, but it really feels functionally big. Like for me to turn, I need to do this for me to kick. I need to do this for me to jump. I need to be able to do these things. And it's not just like tilt your right.
1: pelvis or well, release I mean, your pelvis.
0: It's like this and this and this and this can, and this. Can, we can it's get lot.
1: so heady and technical because we've been, we've spent our whole lives just micro analyzing technique. I mean, ballet technique is crazy like unnatural. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> and, and so fine-tuned. And so we're coming from this life of thinking about movement that way. And um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a lot of times we've neglected like our, our mechanics as a human being. So, you know, Mm. if we've been upright and plie our whole lives, well, yeah, we're going to be very quad dominant. You got to stick your butt back behind you to activate your glutes for those muscles to know to fire. Um, but like squatting, I mean, that's like the most universal, Mm. like human Mm. motion. you got to squat down to pick something up. (laughs) um and so but like you gotta squat
0: down to let something go
1: so many dancers who come into the clinic it's like Mm -hmm. learning how to squat is like a whole session Mm -hmm. um and and it takes practice you know it's not yeah it's a practice it's not something you can do Mm -hmm. a one-time uh workshop on and expect it to make a difference Mm -hmm. you know I love that you still use your five exercises from your knee program because yeah it's mm-hmm. it's maintenance and it takes practice and it's those seemingly uh simple movement patterns aren't part of our dance vernacular and so it you have to make mm-hmm. space for them
0: mm-hmm. what's what's ironic about them when you say that is that most of them don't take hardly any <laughs> space I have a few that I can do laying down. I have a few that I can do standing up. There are, There's one or two that I could do like in an airplane bathroom, like tiny, tiny <laughs> spaces that I could really make the most of and be feeling heat and engagement and, and that yeah. firing. So couldn't say it enough. Big fan of that type of cross training with a professional, the one-on-one stuff where somebody can see you doing what is natural on you and then help you to achieve the, the unnatural.
1: Yeah. And of course, you know, of course, like the, the one-on-one treatment is ideal. I mean, hello. Um, such a dream. but like, yeah. that's why we, that's why we started by creating this online platform because we're like, our audience are professional dancers who don't have a lot of money. And so, um, we said okay well let's make the the monthly access fee the cost of what their copay might be for a single session um which is 29 dollars. Nice. and so for 29 dollars, they get a month you know so if somebody's like oh you know what my ankle is you know feeling weak then they can sign up for a month and you know learn those few like ankle workouts and then they've got them in their arsenal Mm -hmm. um and so that was that was very important to us is making it accessible uh to the dance community um but my favorite thing to recommend to dancers and dance teachers and dance parents everywhere is to research who in your local community can help you when an injury happens and don't wait for the injury Mm. to become acute. Um, so, you know, whatever you can do to create relationships with experts beforehand is really powerful because let's say, okay, you are on tour. So, you know, I'm sure the uh, tour manager helped set you up with the doctor in New York and, you know, helped arrange all that. Well, if you're not on a project that, or if you're on a project that doesn't provide that, um, you want to have that expert on speed dial on your phone. You can call when you Mm -hmm. feel a twinge in your knee and you can say, hey, uh, I was doing this in rehearsal and I felt this. Uh, What do you think I should do? Um, And whether you, whether they can, they're there and they can come look at, you can go into their office and they can look at you real quick and they can say, uh, yeah, this is is pretty serious. You should not go to rehearsal tomorrow, or you know what, this is not presenting as a big deal. Let's try some ibuprofen tonight and reassess tomorrow. Having somebody to answer those Mm -hmm. questions for you and not try to rely on WebMD in the moment (laughs) <laughs> um, is so important, especially when it's your livelihood and, and yes, I, I'm, a, I'm a physical therapy business owner. So of course I'm advocating for like, find your PT in your community who's, uh who has a dance background or who's a great, great with working with, uh, athletes, um, you know, find that person. Mm. Um, but you know, usually they're very passionate about what they do. They're excited to work with our type of people. They want to work with patients who are passionate about movement. So they want to know you, they want to help. So I think that is like the best thing dancers can do is find them beforehand. Um, So it's not a mad scramble Mm -hmm. because that's when it's really scary. Mm -hmm is when you're in pain, you have all the mm-hmm. fear of what does this mean and they can help you navigate it all. And if it is a serious thing, um, they our physical therapists work directly every single day with all of the top surgeons in Los Angeles. So if a dancer calls mm-hmm. and let's use this knee and now this knee example and says, ooh, I I felt a twinge. Mm -hmm. They come in, our therapist goes, ooh, yeah, I think you need to get some imaging and have a doctor look at this. Well, our therapist is gonna call Dr. Weber at USC and say, hey, Alex, can you get this professional dancer in? And boom, boom, boom. They're connected, they can make things happen. And you're Mm -hmm. not just like calling the 1-800 number trying to find an orthopedist. Um, So PTs can be a great gatekeeper into the whole overwhelming medical world.
0: Overwhelming, to say the very least. Overwhelming opens the door to expensive. Expensive opens the door to like inaccessible and then there's the whole language which is confusing. But what you're saying right now is reminding me of something I'm super passionate about, which which is slashing this idea of the self-made person or the I did it myself type thing. I think it's far more empowering to have a team than to say I did it myself. Like I want to have a medical team. Like I love that idea. I love the thought that I have a physical therapy person in New York. I've got you, although you live in Texas. Yeah. Moti is here in LA. I love that I have a massage therapist, a sports medicine doctor, people who could put me in touch with her. I've got teams yeah. on teams, and I love feeling that type of support.
1: Yeah, you, and you shouldn't expect yourself to know <laughs> to be an expert in all of those things. Yeah, so know that there are experts mm-hmm. out there. Ooh. Speaking of mastery, yes. Like dance teachers too. Like dance teachers put so much pressure on themselves. Well, I need to be able to know when a kid gets hurt in class. You know, what to tell them to do. And I'm like, no, you don't. You need to have the neighbor Mm -hmm. number. You need to know the people, the expert that can tell them. Um, So,
0: oh, that's huge. That's a huge insight to mastery. Is like mm -hmm. knowing the limits of your field. A master of this is not going to pretend to be the master of that. They are focused on their lane. So let someone else be the master of this part of your life That's so that right. you can master the rest. Yeah. Love this. Um, okay, so most of the people listening are dancers and choreographers. I I have seen and worked with many an actor who walk through the doors at Moti as well. Um, but I'm I'm so curious to hear because I'm sure there are like a list of most common issues that you see coming through the door? And are there some things, other than find a local professional, like other than starting to assemble our medical teams, are there things that you would encourage all dancers and movement types to do? Are there things that you would encourage us to stop doing? I know this is probably an episode unto itself, but could
1: you give me like top three? I mean, number one injury for dancers are ankle sprains. Um, and the, the foot and ankle is kind of like the main site, but it really depends on what type of dancer you're working with. Um, one thing we see a ton at Modi, and I think this is, might be more specific to the Los Angeles dance scene is that it seems like And this, we haven't like done any organized data collection on this. This is just a trend that our Mm -hmm. dance PTs have identified. It seems like dancers are most often getting hurt in the creation process. So like tour dancers, Mm -hmm. once you're on tour and the show's set, like movements in their bodies, like it's, they've got it down. It does, overuse injuries do happen in those cases and accidents. But what we see a lot is that dancers are getting hurt in the creation process. Um, so you're, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, which you know, makes sense, you're, 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 I think it's not, really it, not, I don't, I don't love hearing uh, it, but it makes sense.
1: Creativity or artistry before safe body movement, um, Mechanics. but also, mm-hmm. and you're also probably trying yes, something you a never lot of times before. you're trying to acquire brand new skills quickly because there's only budget for two rehearsal days. Um, so we see that a lot. Um and you know, can you mm-hmm. always prevent those injuries? It's impossible to say, but what you can do is be as fit and resilient in your body as possible. So it's that idea of just like being ready for whatever opportunities present because when you're a freelancer, you don't know what your next gig's going to be. You don't know what skill they're going to ask you to try to do. So what you can do is have a disciplined practice of training your body to, yes, be very proficient at dance technique. But so often on projects, you're not just doing dance technique. You're jumping off of risers and you're trying new partnering skills. You're trying aerial work for the first time in your life. And, you know, it's (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot. So. The more fit and uh, accustomed to different types of movement your body is, um, the the better and more safely you're going to perform in those instances. Um, so mm. you know, stay fit to stay ready. Um, but other common, okay. So I'm going all over the place. Ankle sprains are really often, Do really um, common. Um, you know, you can't. You can't generalize, like, this is what's always causing everybody's ankle sprains. But kind of the premise of Sugarfoot Therapy and any good cross-training program is if you regularly practice these functional human movement patterns with variety, you'll have better muscular balance than if you're only doing dance Mm. all the time.
0: Like a six-step pirouette across the floor only prepares your ankles for so much. If you're
1: squatting and you're squatting with weight and you're lunging and you're practicing lunging with speed and you're practicing lunging slowly and you're practicing lunging with weights and in different directions, then your whole body is learning, it's practiced at doing more than this singular linear dance technique, movement pattern. Um, so Mm -hmm. a lot of times ankle instability is linked to hip instability. You know, it's like the, the foot bones connected to the Mm -hmm. shin bone, Mm -hmm. the shin bones connected to the thigh bone. So, you know, if you're being prone to ankle sprains, isn't like, okay, I need to sit on the floor and like point my foot into a TheraBand. Not that that's Bad, but it's not enough because there's a whole other system that your ankle is connected to, right? Um, So, you know, is there one thing everyone should be doing? Uh, Cross training, -training. and that's like that's (laughs) and really like what is cross training? It's moving your body in a way that's not your sport. So, like for football players. Pilates is cross training Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. for dancers doing stuff that doesn't look like the way you dance all the time is cross training. Uh, your body Mm -hmm. thrives on that variety and it, it finds more balance Mm -hmm. that way. Ooh, that's huge. And balance is something we
0: talk about here on the podcast all the time. It's one of those life lessons that is a dance lesson like how do you find balance in your life the same way you find it on your leg you try you mess up you learn from that you correct (laughs) you probably overcorrect. you try it again you finally find it by the time you found it something changes so you have to do the whole thing over again um but I think this like lesson if we were to make a life lesson out of this dance lesson I think it's that Expecting to get better at the thing that you do by only doing what you already do is is probably not the most useful thought. That's not the most useful policy. (laughs) I think if you want to get better at doing what you do, you must do other and apply it to what you do. Like, listen to this here. I'm on one. Ready? I read a book recently about mastery in gearing up for this month of the podcast, conversations on mastery. And, um, it, it kind of gave me this idea to be working on applying other life lessons or other opportunities to practice humanness to my dance. So let's say that I am driving to dance class, practicing spatial awareness Like actively practicing spatial awareness as I drive. At what point do I become aware of the truck behind me? How how much time am I giving before I change lanes? How much following distance do I actually have? Like I'm practicing techniques that I use in dance very, very far away from any dance context at all. And I'm loving it. It's helping me engage with the world a little bit differently because to be honest, I can I have a cap- I have I have the capacity to really tune out and in between dancing or performing or, you know, podcasting lately, I can really, really t- tune out. It scares me how much I can tune out. So it's helped me to remember all of the different ways and places I can get better at dance mm-hmm. that aren't dance. And yes, one of them is is like weight training or cross training. But there are so many more than that. It could be the way you move through the grocery store right now. It could be the way you drive. It could be the way you have a communication and leave Mm -hmm. space for someone else to talk. I mean, just endless spaces for us to get better at the thing that we do by not doing the thing that we do.
1: Yeah, I, uh, we did a Instagram post recently for Sugarfoot about, um, diversification in youth sports and, um. there was a study, um, that looked at youth sports, I think up to age 18 and, um, you know, specialization, singular specialization in a sport overwhelmingly leads to more injury, more serious injury, more burnout, more early quitting. Um, and mm-hmm. dance is one of is one of the sport they included dance as a sport and it has one of the highest, uh. Percentages of single sport specialization. Um, so a lot of us are coming from this world as kids, where like dance is all we do, and we're kind of conditioned to living our lives this way, where this is I'm a dancer, all I do is dance. And um, you know, the data shows us that that's not necessarily the best way to go about things. And I do think like you can you can imagine how other even other youth sports could positively impact your dancing, you know, having the the quick reaction that you mm-hmm. might get from basketball or volleyball or even like the the teamwork you get from playing a team sport. Hello. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and not that not that I did well, those things, but I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Um yeah. Yeah. I think it makes sense for two reasons. Number one,
0: to avoid burnout, to avoid injury, to like have that variety and a holistic approach to dance. But also, here's another kicker. For the most part, dance, at least, well, not at least, dance, especially the type that I do, TV, commercial, film, um, we'll broaden that out to like new media to include our music videos and stuff like that. But most of that... Is dance that imitates life? So we're not dancers being dancers. I'm a dancer being a young mom at the park, or I'm a dancer being, you know, That's whatever. They say,
1: be more pedestrian. Be more be human. human be your-
0: more pedestrian. Or like here, take this basketball and dribble it. And I'm like, wait, sorry. Demi demi grand is what I do. It really does benefit. And like the the dancers that I have hired for the last two years of my life. It's essential that they be able yeah. to move like a human, like walk like a human, dribble a basketball like a human, sit yeah. on a bench like a freaking human. So yeah. the cross training is yeah. is useful for more ways than one. You're right. It really is. Like some days, you might you might be asked to like run, look like a real
1: person. It should be in yeah. your movement toolbox. <laughs> yes.
0: It really should, and I think that. That this type of cross training can really, really help with that. So, oh uh, man, I I could talk to you forever. I think, but what I but what I want to do right now is give you an opportunity to tell people where to find more of you. I will 100% put all of these links in the show notes to this episode. So you'll be able to click very easily and find Katie and Moti and Sugarfoot. Um, you mentioned you work with CLI sometimes. I know we have some CLI members listening, but take it away. Where do we find the brick and mortar? Where do we find the
1: online stuff that's just so good? Yes. So Moti Physiotherapy, we're in Los Angeles. So if you're in LA and you get hurt, call us. We are here to help you. We're in network with SAG-AFTRA Insurance, if you're a SAG member. Um, (laughs) Wait, what? Yeah. This Um, is the greatest news of the day. So, modipt.com, M-O-T-I-P-T.com. And uh, so we're in Los Feliz and Highland Park, so kind of in that northeast quadrant of L.A., but we're opening in Playa Vista and Mid-Wilshire later this year. So we'll have a bigger footprint, and we'll be able to help more people out. Um, our dance conditioning program, Sugarfoot Therapy is available online at sugarfoottherapy.com. And, um, that's where you can subscribe for a month, access all of our content, get what you need, stay on it as long as you want to, or don't want to, it's all good. Um, So that's a great resource that you can use anywhere. We've had people take our teacher trainings from as far away as New Zealand. Um, So it's really cool to use the internet to have that global reach. Um, And then we are also online with CLI Studios. We have a lot of great content on their platform. So if you're a CLI user, please check out Mm -hmm, our mm -hmm. programs there. Um, and then I do want to plug there is an event that we're a part of coming up in your hometown. Aren't you from Denver? Yeah. Colorado um, yes. this summer. And it's the organization is called the Bridge Dance Project, and it's a nonprofit, and it is all very passionate uh dance medicine and wellness providers who are organizing a conference for dancers and dance teachers. um, And it's all dance wellness. Um, So that should be really interesting and cover a lot of great material. And um, you can check that out on thebridgedanceproject.org. Katie, thank you so very much for those
0: resources. Thank you for your time and your enthusiasm about this. You make this seem fun. And again, being injured is not fun, um, but preparing yourself for a strong life and variety in what your body can do, that is really fun. Um, So thank you for for that inspiration. I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, thank you. And it's like, you know... one of the harmful things about being a dancer is we kind of are taught to think of ourselves as being disposable or replaceable. Um, mm. And I think that's created this culture of being afraid to report injury. Um, the injury is inevitable when we are as active as we are. So, you know, it's very powerful to acknowledge that it's there and it's going to happen to you at some point. Um, So, you know, be prepared, be prepared to deal with it and, and be prepared mentally to, to say when you're hurt and get the help that you need and know that you're going to come out of it. And you're not going to, I did the dance thing long enough to know that if you have to go on pause to heal, it's not going to change the path of your career in a bad way. Um, you will, you will come through it, and um, it's it's more important to take the time to take care of yourself uh, so that you can live a full, not just dance life, but life on the other side of the injury.
0: Mm. I can't think of a better place to end it unless we were to just keep going forever. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll end it right there, and I will encourage everyone to go find more of Katie Shar, Sugarfoot Therapy, Moti, take care of yourselves, and... Um, uh katie i will very much be talking to you and learning from you again soon whether you see me or not i'm a huge fan of the cli stuff but now i'm listening and i'm like i want i this movement master thing it's a it's a title that i want to wear really proudly so you might be seeing me in a teacher certification soon Ooh, yeah girl look out look out um but till then i'll give you some big love and i'll 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 talk to you later thanks so much dana bye My friend, my friend, what do you think about that? Are you as juiced as I am right now? Are you already doing squats? Like, are you already engaging the medial glutes as you drive and listen or commute and listen? Or are you up and moving right now? Because I am certainly inspired to be. Um, I love what Katie had to say about variety being important in a dancer's life and in a dancer's training. Um, I loved, although it's slightly dark and hard to accept, um, love what she said about injury as being inevitable. It's something that is going to happen in the full lifetime of a moving person. So be prepared. I think it's so empowering to think about having a team that keeps you moving and sort of outsourcing that mastery. Like letting that be someone else's job, let them know the medical terms, let them have their networks of medical professionals and let you have contact with, you know, a few point people, whether they are physical therapists, uh, personal trainers, well-trained instructors. I think it's just, oof, that is such an empowering thought to think that you can have teams on teams on teams that are not only there to help you but excited to help you because you're a person who moves your body for a living. You're a person who loves to be moving. You're a person who's in touch with your body. There are people out there who are excited to help you stay that way and achieve your goals. Ooh, this is exciting to me. Um, Oh, man. I also loved what Katie had to say about there being this kind of culture around injury, this idea that a dancer is replaceable, therefore shouldn't voice their concerns about injury or certainly shouldn't voice whether they are injured or not. Something I did not say in the podcast episode is that during my first tour, I sprained my ankle, a really bad one, and I did not say anything about it. I danced on it, um, wrapped it up tight, put it in a nice bucket every night, but I I danced on that bad boy. And it resulted in some chronic ankle rolls ever since then. So this is me encouraging you to get ahead of that, start making good habits, start assembling a good team, and um, certainly check out more of Katie Shar's work. Go find you some sugar foot therapy. If you live in Los Angeles, try to get into Emoti Physiotherapy. The facilities are beautiful. The trainers and uh, professionals there are just so equipped To be doing this work they're excited about it it's uh it's an awesome environment definitely encourage you to check that out all right my friends that is it for me today i am gonna go do my medial glute exercises before i take dance class tonight (laughs) get out there into the world and keep it very funky i'll talk to you soon this podcast was produced by me with the help of many music by max winnie logo and brand design by brie reitz and big thanks to riley higgins our executive assistant and editor also massive thanks to you the mover who is no stranger to taking action so go take action i will not cannot stop you from downloading episodes or leaving a review and a rating i will not ban you from my online store for spending your hard earned money on the cool merch and awesome programs that await you there I will 100% not stop you from visiting wordsthatmoveme.com if you want to talk with me, work with me, and make moves with the rest of the Words That Move Me community. Oh, and also, I will not stop you from visiting thedanawilson.com if you're curious about all the things that I do that are not Words That Move Me related. (laughs) All right, my friend, keep it funky. I'll talk to you soon.